0: original podcast do not steal a podcast where an eye prince Devon, and my wonderful co-host who is deadlier than osama more charismatic than obama and more delectable than a pina colada amber autumn hi
1: discuss <laughs> god damn it i don't have anything to add this time you're right that's me uh, i hit all the things uh but a
0: podcast where every week we discuss agnosium an intellectual property an idea a notion a philosophical discussion for uh, about an hour and then at the end or probably just
1: like a tv show
0: (laughs) and then at the end we maybe sort of halfway make up a character who gives a shit but today is a special (laughs) episode because today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is a retro episode wherein we're doing the format of our old show that Amber didn't do two episodes with me and then abandoned me naked and shivering in the woods. That's not a thing. That's right. I didn't
1: do that. You're right.
0: (laughs) So today it is about pitching things and how we would do an intellectual property. And we're going to be doing Greek myths so I'm going to pitch, Amber's going to pitch, I'm going to pitch, Amber's going to pitch, and then we're going to talk about it at the end. Usually in that format, we'd spend the opening explaining the thing and how it works thematically, but I don't feel a great need to tell you, dear listener, what a Greek myth is.
1: I really, it's like, yeah, most of these, like, even the, even the popular ones, I'm like, well, not everyone has seen every Marvel movie, we got to go through it. But everyone went through a Greek mythology phase in middle school.
0: Yeah, it's like the one religious studies class that can get passed in America, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> right, because it's non-threatening.
0: Yeah, we lo- Rome is where our democracy comes from, right?
1: It's like letting your girlfriend fuck another woman because it like doesn't count, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> too much, too too dumb, too dumb oh, of a joke.
0: Oh, that was good. <laughs> that I was I was fucking stunlocked. <laughs>
1: I'm so glad. My favorite thing to do in this podcast is to create an awkward silence by virtue of completely debilitating my co-host.
0: It makes for the best podcasting when one of
1: the co-hosts is just. Uh, uh.
0: <laughs> Anyways, Greek myths. Am I right, lads?
1: Greek myth. You're right, lad.
0: So do you just? They do, sure
1: do exist.
0: They sure do exist.
1: Uh, do you just want to get into it? Yeah. So I I came up with mine. Full disclosure, not a minute ago. I mean, I guess. I guess about about four minutes ago, because we've been recording for like three minutes now. But yeah, I I don't even know all the details. I'm sort of going to be making this up as I go. And that's going to be half of the fun. You're going to hear me struggling for it. Um, But I think I basically have a concept. Um, Do you want to go first? Do I go first? Who talks first? I talk first. You talk first.
0: I can go first because I I have Star Wars reference. I have two because then it's like we're making our little uh, our little our little anthology Greek myths. And I think that's cute and fun, right?
1: Oh, that is cute and fun. You're right. Yeah,
0: so I can go first if you'd like.
1: Go for it, please.
0: Okay, so, Amber, a trick mm-hmm. to producing content is to start and establish credibility. And you don't even have to talk about the thing you're going to talk about. It's a trick I use in my Ice Climbers video, and it's a trick I use in my Lore Olympus video. That video you definitely saw.
1: Mm-hmm. I did see the first part of it.
0: So, to establish credibility, I will discuss the three ways the ancient Greeks looked at love, because both of mine are sort of kind of love stories, but using historical context, I don't think they'd work super well, because our western sensibilities of love are not the same as ancient Greeks. Culture changes. That's neat, isn't it? Sometimes. (laughs)
1: and sometimes it stays exactly the same no i mean sometimes it changes and it's not neat sometimes it changes and it sucks
0: are you telling me the weimar republic wasn't as good as nazi germany
1: i mean i am hesitant to make like really strong political statements like that on this podcast (laughs) um i don't want to like offend people but i do i want to venture nazis bad like we have this like fucking weekly little bit why do we talk about Nazis every single time? It always <laughs> comes up with us.
0: So uh, there were three categorizations the Greeks had for love. One was agape. I can speak Greek. It was a philanthropic, a philanthropic brotherly love a love one had for the
1: state. For the homies.
0: For the uh, No, that's the next one, actually. Phil Oh Phila shit. is love for the homies. We'll get to it.
1: Okay, so this one is the thinking the bus driver kind of love.
0: Yeah, it's, if there's one thing the ancient Greeks loved, it was their democracy and their republic, and, oh, I forgot what He was thanking the bus driver. Yeah, and I, there's a rock, the, like, agate rock, which was a rock, which is if you tried to have an insurrection against their beautiful, wonderful republic, they would take you from a high cliff and hurl you onto that rock. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was phila, which is a, which is a brotherly love, a love between- equals and so much of this is just guts and griffith from berserk the love between equals is what really like oh we'll do the berserk episode but spoilers that's you can there's a moment in every story where everything goes to shit and that's the moment we'll get to it when we do the Berserk. this one is the
1: love of the homies
0: this is the love for the homies and then there is eros which is love of an object and that all leads into the way greeks tend to look at our more romantic idealized infatuation love they looked at it as a hex you are stricken with cupid's arrow it is an affliction something that drives you mad because you know love is the most beautiful thing in the world and it can strive you to do things that would hurt yourself and because we're inherently selfish that's insane they're not entirely wrong they're just more cynical and deeply sexist <laughs>
1: Because they- i love to be stricken by an arrow parentheses in a hot way
0: <laughs> parentheses when it's my girlfriend's penis
1: <laughs> that's right you're right so anyways uh that was
0: love and we'll see if my two match up with love in the way the greeks recognized it. So the first one i have is about the sailor ophi which granted ophi is more of a norse name but i don't speak greek and i couldn't think of anything that sounded good with us at the end of it sorry
1: what if, what if it's just ophius
0: that's really close to orpheus and eurydices for me so i just went with ophi okay Ophi, the great sailor, who was so good at sailing, he could man an entire vessel by himself. He was his own crew. That just feels very... Garnish of a myth. Uh, that's a, the thing you'd say when you retell the story verbally to... There's a, there's a word for that, but you know, every time you introduce Odysseus, you say the same thing. So that's how characterization works when you're telling things uh, through an auditory medium. So that would be his thing. It's like, Ophi the Great Sailor. One day is sailing and he's looking for something to prove how good of a sailor he is. Because, you know, one-track mind boy. And he goes across Scylla because essentially my idea was like, man, it sure does... No, Charybdis. It sure does suck to be Charybdis, a sentient whirlpool. What if there was a story about someone falling in love with Scylla and it's all a metaphor for loving someone who doesn't think they deserve love? (gasps) I could make that! And then I did
1: you could make that for this very episode.
0: I could wouldn't that be neat? So he sails past Scylla, and because he's such a good sailor, he can do it and survive, and he's just like, "Oh, that's weird, but he hears a voice, and he's very drawn to this voice, and so he'll he'll get there and he'll because he's the only sailor who can sail around it and talk. This is the first time Scylla's known a person who isn't just herself and being a sentient whirlpool who kills people. And so he right. is, uh, he, me is in, too. Yeah, he is infatuated and he feels like a, a constant need to be around Scylla because it's like, it's like this high of like, I could die at any moment and I'm constantly proving my mettle, but I'm also really interested in this person. And this is the first person you've ever known. And they, they fall for each other eventually. And it's this constant conversation of just like Scylla being like, no, uh, you're too good to me, herpaderp. And he's like, no, you're great. And eventually it becomes he throws the ship into Scylla and lets it smash because that's the only way he can be with her. And it's a metaphor for, like, loving someone who doesn't think they're worthy of love is hard and can be self-destructive. And here's where it divulges, and I have two versions. Uh, The one I think would be more canonical with Greek mythology would be he just dies and everyone is sad because, I don't know, that feels more canon to me. But the version I prefer is, like, after this happened, Charybdis weeps so hard as to shake the seas and her dad, Poseidon, is like, what's going on here? And she explains the thing and then he Poseidon talks to Hades about this Ophi guy and Persephone's like, well, if you can do this trial thing... The gods have been so stricken by your story of love. We will give you a body and allow you to be with Scylla forever. And it's this uh, beautiful tale about how the the sailor's true love is the sea. And, and Ophi was able to embody that love. And he was given a seely body. And they were able to be together. It's my more romantic version. But I feel like... Yar. Can, <laughs> yeah, yar. But uh, my love, my love, and my lady is the sea. Uh, But I do think the more canon Greek myth would just be, no, he just flings his ship into Scylla and then he dies because love is a madness. (laughs) It's it's an affliction and a curse.
1: We're going to have some overlap between this story and mine.
0: All right, go for it.
1: Mine is based on a, uh, a character who uh, whose name I'm not 100% sure on, but I'm kind of leaning towards Dinius. It kind of just sounds good to me. And she, slender Aphrodite, she cannot weave for she is in love with a girl. And so Denius, Denius prays to Aphrodite. She's like, hey, Aphrodite, help a girl out. You need to get with this girl. Oh, I should like, I should like content warning this with eating disorder, because um, we're going to be talking about food here. I thought about Greek myths and and how often, like, creation myths are about, like, explanations for, like, why things are the way they are, right? Like, why is there evil in the world, right? Why are there constellations, etc.? And I thought, like, what kind of cosmological phenomenon is there not a mythic explanation for? And I thought, well, maybe it's something that, like, we know about now that, like feels like something that there could be a myth about, but which they wouldn't necessarily actually have known about and been able to write about. So I figured what if I make a story that's about black holes and how, why, why do we have black holes? What are black holes? What's the like cosmological origin of those? And so we're gonna be talking about eating disorders a little bit. So she prays to Aphrodite and she says, Aphrodite, please help. What do I do to like win this girl's favor? And Aphrodite goes, well, I have, I have this arrow from my brother, Eros, which can cause anyone to fall in love with you. Anyone in the universe. It's, it's, it's super powerful. And you could use this, but in order for me to give it to you, I need to know that you're, that you're worthy of, of this kind of power. Like, you're going to have to prove yourself to me. Um, Genius goes, okay, sure. What do you, what do you need me to do? And Aphrodite says, here's what I'm going to need you to do. I'm going to need to give you, I'm going to need you to, um, not eat any food for 30 days. If you can, if you can go without food for 30 days, then you can have the arrow. And I'll even give you three chances to do it. If you can't do it the first time, I will give you two more chances. Uh, Dina says, okay, I'll do that. She prepares, she gets herself ready for it and she starts her fast. And, you know, the first week of the fast is, like, difficult, but she can do it. But by the end of the second week, she becomes very ill. She becomes very bedridden. You know, the the, the woman who's at, whose favor she's trying to curry, like, notices and says, you know, can I can I help you? She works on a farm. She has, like, plenty of food available. And Dina says, no, no, I can't. I can't. I can't do that. I can't tell you why. But this isn't care I can take from you right now. And after after around the second week, she breaks her fast. Um, she can't do it anymore. She says, I'll, I'll try it again next time. I can't do it. She, she breaks her fast. She takes some time off. She recovers. She heals her body. Um, she does some training. She gets herself stronger. Um, and she says, okay, the next time I will do it. And a year later, Denius tries again. She's much more prepared. Now the first week is, it, is easy. It goes by like a breeze. And the second week is difficult, but she, she flies through. But the third week, the third week catches her off guard. She's never done it this long before. It becomes very difficult. And once again, she loses all her strength and she becomes weak. And the woman she's courting once again takes attention to her and notices her and says, you know... Dinius, I'm I'm like worried about you. I think in order to like show you that I will support you, I'm gonna join you in this for however long it takes from you. And you know, Denius says, Okay, she's like too exhausted to like capitalize on this attention she's getting from this woman because she needs to starve herself.
0: What a Greek myth.
1: But you know, she says, okay, she's getting some support. And after the third week, this other woman is having a very difficult time, but Dinius is absolutely uh, starving. She is on the brink of death. And finally she breaks her fast. She's like, okay, I have one more chance. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna try even harder. I did three weeks this time. Surely next time I will make it through. She pauses, she eats. um, She gets this other woman to eat. They recoup their strength. You know, she and this woman um, form a bond at this point. And she says, "Yeah, I have this like really important reason why I need to fast for for 4 full weeks." And the woman says, "You know, I don't I don't really understand why that's a thing that you need, but I will I will help you however I can. You know, I'll I'll, I'll join you for this." And Denius prepares with this woman's help for for another 3 years. She prepares her body um, To make it as as strong as it can be. Um, and she tries it for the third and final time. And, you know, the first week is easy. The second week at this point is something she's used to. But sort of unbeknownst to her, this other woman has also, like, been starving herself in order to avoid having to give Dinius this temptation of food around her.
0: Oh, does she die? Does she die right when she gets the arrow? Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, she, the The long and short of it is that right at the end of the fourth week... Um, The woman dies of starvation. Dinius, being strong enough, makes it through the four weeks. And Aphrodite gives her Eros' arrow. And in a fit of rage over the raw deal that she's been promised, Dinius shoots Aphrodite through the heart with the arrow. And Aphrodite looks at Dinius and falls in love with her.
0: And is like, yo.
1: (laughs) And Aphrodite is like heartbroken by the pain that she's caused this woman and that she can't fix it. The woman is dead and Genius can't have her back. And so Aphrodite being now in love with Genius, does the one thing that she can do for her, which is that she casts her into the stars and she gives her a form um, where she can eat as much as she wants to her heart's content to live out the rest of her days. The end. That's it. That's my, That's my Greek myth that I came up with in Ooh, five minutes.
0: That's good shit.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm happy about that one.
0: Welcome. Uh, so my turn for the second one. Yes.
1: Yeah, go for it. I don't have a second one, so we're just gonna have three. Yeah, it's fair but that feels like a good. That feels like a good mythic number.
0: Yeah, that was some solid shit. You answered the other thing, which is uh, where do things come from. Mine is kind of like that kind of not. It's more. I I love where do monsters come from. And usually it's God has sex with thing he shouldn't. <laughs> so my my second one all came because I pictured a drawing in my head. I will never draw a man hanging upside down in a cave with a blindfold on and Medusa looking at him quizzically. And I was like, Oh, that's just, like a tarot
1: card, right? Yeah. That's it. That's the hanged man, right? Shit, do I know? Fuck, I'm a, I'm a tarot girl now. I'm an expert on tarot cards because I've seen a small amount of tarot art.
0: Uh, it depends on like how hyper specific you're getting with your tarot. If you're just doing like a generic tarot deck, your hangman is just kind of I'm, like, just hanging. Why
1: do you? Why do you know more about tarot than I do? I'm the trans one here. Fuck off. Stay out of our turf.
0: Yeah, I'm really into persona, and I dated a non-binary person for three years, so I spent a lot of time in queer spaces. I don't know which one. Oh me. yeah, that
1: happens. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that works. I'll take it. I'll allow it.
0: My story is kind of based around that. And I didn't come up with any names for this one, so get ready for me to say, like, Lover Boy. So cool, lover-, lover Boy. Yeah, so Lover Boy uh, falls in the Medusa pit, and she's like, oh, uh, fuck it, another one. Uh, but this one is blindfolded, and she's like, huh, maybe I can not uh, kill this person. And their first interaction is very she gets him out and he falls and he wakes up and it's when finn grabs ray's hand he's like are you okay that's my favorite thing ever i love you finn but that's how he is and she's very uh, taken with this person who's not trying to kill her for once and she just enjoys having someone to talk to and he's a he's a very lover boy sick fool uh very jamie from steven universe throwback to that episode and yeah the relationship was just you know i could i could kill you and he's like well you haven't yet so I i can keep coming right and they kind of do that for however long it takes for people to fall in love. And then one day they have the sex.
1: <gasps>
0: but then the next day, because I feel a strange need to be canon, uh, but then they're the- punished
1: for their sins.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's not their are punished for the sins. They have the sex. And then he comes back. And then who showed up? Fucking Odysseus. Not Odysseus. Fucking Perseus. His wife's dead and he is he's filled with rage and he all, almost dedicates his life to revenge but then he hears crying in the distance he has babies and his one baby the son who's the one i've thought more about i think i just need to check some personal biases is like a centaur but his lower half is a lion because i just think that aesthetic's cool
1: sure that is cool you're right
0: that's where they came from his name is like Le- leothis something of that nature. And his daughter kind of has, oh, what's that word where if the sun hits you right, your skin turns into a rainbow.
1: I don't know. it is, I've never heard of that before.
0: And not like your skin, but like, a, like lizard, like lizard skin, like uh, Mexican king snakes. Her skin can kind of do that. And when the full moon hits, she becomes more of a, more of a snake monster. Hell yeah. And that's where Hot. those come from. So when he sees his kids, he's like, I can't, dedicate to my life to revenge but I also can't have these monster kids in the human world because the human world will do what they just did to my wife thanks Perseus and they live out their life and they both grow and then he's fine but then he hears what Perseus did with his wife's head and how that turned him into a hero and he is again consumed with the rage but this time he has a son and his son is more hateful and the daughter is less so and the son's like well <laughs> killing <laughs> sometimes shit happens and the son is like well killing perseus won't get us what we want because humans suck but gods suck worse because they're the ones who played the games with us it's poseidon we should kill right right dad let's kill poseidon that's right (laughs) he really wants leosis really wants to kill poseidon spoilers he's my lore olympus oc whenever we do that so i think about it a lot more because he exists in the comic got it and so they track down Hephaestus. oh can i real quick share a Hephaestus story sure okay so Hephaestus is the blacksmith of the gods we all know that right and my first uh uh, my first book of greek myths it said Hephaestus was so lame zeus struck him from mount olympus and i being six didn't know lame meant crippled so i was like oh zeus looked at this baby and went damn this is a fucking loser baby (laughs) And I, I ran up to my mom and I was like, look, Zeus had an unrad baby and he chucked <laughs> in from Mount Olympus. And my mom was like, oh no, I think I've raised a monster.
1: He had a baby who just like was totally uncool. A totally, a totally beta, beta cuck. He had a um, simp beta cuck baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Anyways, so they go to Festus and they're like, I need a weapon that can kill the gods. This would... Like, a fun bit would be, this is where you explain why some things don't exist. So he's like, okay, but to need that, I'd need the voice of a fish, the footsteps of a cat, the color in a shadow. And then when you're telling the story, you'd be like, but those things don't exist. And you go, exactly, they went into the sword.
1: Oh. You collected Cute. those things, put
0: put in the sword, but more than that, uh, it required something... From from Loverboy, it required his, his anguish and his pain, but his love and his sorrow, and he had to pour everything he was into this sword. And because he did that, he now has a weapon that can kill gods, but he's functionally dead. And at right. that moment, Leosis was like, oh, I get it. I... I need to hide this weapon. And he goes before the gods and he explains everything. It's like, I really wanted to kill Poseidon, but now I won't. And Zeus is like, cool, I'm going to put you on a rock and torture you forever. And the other gods are like, nah, uh, uh, uh. and Hades is like, hey, what if I give you a job? And Leos is like, cool, but you have to promise that my sister's forever protected because humans suck. And he's like, yeah, oh, this is sick. I'll do it. And his job is, um, what Leosis does is he keeps things from getting out of Tartarus because Tartarus is where particularly bad people go. I don't know, I just like the idea of it's someone's job to keep things in the dead space. Cerberus guards people from getting into the underworld. Leothis keeps things from getting out of Tartarus. And that's uh, that's my second myth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And now we've explained why some things are, why some things aren't, and why some things that aren't are. And also, a fucking guy got himself killed by driving into a whirlpool. Also, that also happened, too. They don't all have to have a profound meaning behind them.
0: oh nah, man. Who's the fucker who fights who fights the Minotaur?
1: Theseus, theseus. right? Theseus, theseus just leaves right? a girl
0: on an island. Why? Because fuck it.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's Perseus? I don't fucking remember.
0: Nah, Perseus is the one who kills Medusa, and when you kill Medusa, you... Shoot, you congratulations, right. adventurer, you've killed Medusa, you have unlocked a pegasus.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then you get to make jump attacks. <laughs> then
0: you get flying bonus. <laughs>
1: that's what greek myth is all about it's about getting flying bonus it's about leveling up
0: <laughs> that's all that's all mythology is it's just mythology explaining. is about leveling
1: up and getting experience points
0: <laughs> mythology is just about explaining why i get to kill these cool things in D. that's all that's, that's right exists for that's right i don't know why we wasted so much time talking about dumb shit
1: who cares about themes yeah so i want to know like... what level i get force lightning at
0: <laughs> <laughs> give me force lightning Oh, you must kill one demigod to get, yeah, fucking the trials of Hercules aren't about the idea that we have to repent for our sins through a change of actions and trials that will be difficult, it's just about Hercules leveling until he gets the reward, right?
1: So one fun fact about the trial of Hercules that doesn't get talked about a lot, but if you, like, go through your middle school uh, uh, Greek myths phase and you get really into it, there's like a whole section where Hercules gets, like, punished for you know, killing his wife and kid, you know, the whole thing where he kills his wife and kids and it's an oopsie. He has an oopsie. There's this whole section where I forget if it's actually one of the trials or if it's just a punishment that he serves. He has to like serve on a king, like as a maid, like dressed in women's clothes for some amount of time. Huh. And I just, I want, I just want everyone to know that the reason that I remember that is because it had a really strong impression on me. When I oh, was a it? middle schooler reading Greek myths. Oh, did it? For some it really? reason. For, you know, some reason.
0: I now need to make the meme where it's the, the epic fist, the epic handshake from Predator 2, but it's Thor, Hercules, wearing a dress.
1: That's right. Take
0: that. <laughs> Take that, everyone who's likes these myths, but for the wrong reasons.
1: What a horrible punishment for, her, for Heracles to have to go through a dress where i can't uh definitely oh uh, what a horrible fate wouldn't want that to happen to me etc you know that sort of thing you know
0: so anyways would you like to to discuss the myths we came up with
1: sure they were good um i liked mine a lot yours were also good <laughs> <laughs> you know yours were okay but it was i think we can both agree that mine was like really the highlight here <laughs>
0: oh man you know like i like i I came out of yours and i was like damn that's a that's a that's a greek myth right there but now that you're like oh mine was so good i want to be like man fuck you <laughs> i'm I, trying yeah, I,
1: to i'm trying to i'm trying to self-sabotage here fucking roast me destroy my uh, reputation online oh uh, destroy
0: your repu- um both you, of you these voted, are... you voted for hillary clinton
1: uh, <laughs> i mean you're not wrong i technically did um i mean yeah,
0: i did too so i like, guess uh,
1: So, uh, these were really sad, huh? Yeah, Um, we, uh,
0: we definitely went for sad myths.
1: That's like, that is how Greek myths tend to work, right? Like, not a lot of them end well for everyone involved.
0: Yeah, like, Orpheus and Eurydice start with a wedding and ends with him making sure his wife can never get... Which, like, isn't that sad? Because, buddy, one day you're gonna die and you'll go to the underworld too, it's fine. But, like, like it. But that is my favorite part of Greek stories where a character has a cis at the end of their name because there's just a bit where it is... And then they were sad for a very long time because <laughs> Odysseus just fucking sat on that island being sad and fucked other ladies who weren't his wife but was still crying about it. Fuck you,
1: Odysseus. (laughs) This is what we made the episode for, right? Odysseus is a
0: stupid asshole. Fuck you.
1: I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like, it is really like the world is fucked and bad things will happen to you and the people you love. But sometimes, maybe we get to learn a lesson from that
0: the world is fucked because the gods are petulant children who enjoy in uh, tormenting you
1: (laughs) and we need to find meaning in patterns in the world
0: i do like how we both did a love thing and then it ends bad so there's some overlap and parallel there just where our brains would go
1: i'm interested in like you had a lot in the first one about like what you consider to be the canon ending or like the true ending versus which one you like like best uh which is like like I had this like instinct to push back against that. Like you're telling the story, you know, you get to have, you get to have a canon. You get to like make choices that like mean things. I don't know that I like necessarily want to like stick by that instinct because it's myth and that like parallels a lot of the ways that myth works is that there isn't like a singular correct interpretation that these things can vary in the telling from person to person and depending on like how you want to interpret it and what you want to think and believe and feel about it
0: yeah fucking i can talk about this all the time because we can't go in up too many episodes that bring up norse mythology and neil gaiman's take is like the the reason these tales can endure and stand the test of time is because we're allowed to reinterpret them aphrodite doesn't have a lot of characterization but because she is sexually liberated woman uh, we get to see what society thinks that is in the new eras every time she shows up. Yeah, I don't know. I was just, when I was when I was coming up with Ofi, my good sailor boy, I was like, yeah, it it, it air quote feels right that there's the sad ending, but the ending that I would like is, like, he, he gets a body and uh, him and Charybdis get to be happy. Yeah. Also, I, I 100% came up with that story because I was sitting there, I was like, man, Scylla's fucking dope. You get to be like a fucking, your lower half is... Screaming dogs and tentacles, and then your sister's a fucking sentient whirlpool. What a shitty life that is.
1: Is she single?
0: Is she single? Is she ready to mingle?
1: Is she? Is she ready to mingle? I guess that's really the more important question. Is she ready to mingle? Can I fuck her? Can I fuck her?
0: Amber, can I kill and or fuck the Sarlacc pit? Oh, I hate that.
1: Your 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 dick is not big enough to fuck the Sarlacc pit. And also, God. if it were, you wouldn't want to. Lame. It would be. It would not be good for you.
0: What if I'm into it?
1: Well, you're a grown adult. The Sarlacc pit isn't necessarily. Um, so I guess I guess my response would be uh, yes. You can fuck the Sarlacc pit, but you definitely shouldn't. <laughs> That's
0: the that is the best DMing advice. We're a D&D podcast now. That's the best advice as the DM to go you can. I don't know if you should you
1: probably shouldn't, but technically you're allowed to. There is nothing in the rule book that says that dogs can't play basketball, but if you do, you'll you're gonna fucking lose.
0: How many Nat twenties do I need to shoot to shoot out into the heavens and have the bullet hit Zeus? <laughs> But yeah, I particularly like because whenever we do like let's update a Greek myth, we do what if it's a high school drama and ooh bitch, do I love that? But you were like, No, what if we update it with knowledge we have today that they couldn't have known back then? Yeah yeah, it's a really interesting idea. More people rip off my good friend Amber.
1: It''s just like black hole origin just feels like a Greek myth that there would be you know It just seems like one that would exist and it's because they're lesbians who fell in love with their friends and then fucking couldn't do shit about it couldn't just ask them on a fucking date. The moral of the story is to talk to her.
0: that is my favorite part of they just spend all this time together and it's like you don't you don't need the arrow sweetie you don't need the arrow is right there right
1: right uh what
0: that like that feeling was like oh it's such a classic like hey icarus icarus you motherfucker icarus you come down here
1: icarus was failed by the people around him um it wasn't icarus's fault
0: yeah what he's fucking five
1: yeah he got stuck in a fucking tower that's not on him (laughs)
0: was uh he was old enough for socrates to be like hey
1: yeah okay cool this is a little this is a slightly shorter episode than usual just because it's a different format but i feel good about that because we've gone slightly over in some other episodes before in past
0: why are you looking at me and holding up a neon sign this is ducktales
1: (laughs) why are you looking at me and holding up a neon sign this is arkham horror the card game oh
0: no it's not a neon sign that's a fucking billboard homie
1: uh well uh thank you all for joining us on origin that's all we have right i don't think we have anymore i don't have anymore
0: yeah that feels good comment comment your greek myths in in the web zone that we post this to
1: let us know if this format was anything it's a it's a little bit of an experiment for us um let us know how it was if this was neat if this was not as good i don't know or if you are just here to listen to us and our and our dulcet voices um, uh, uh, say the word um a lot while you vacuum your living room or or whatever it is that you do you crazy thing you
0: Katie Johnson and Cody Stoll used to talk about Game of Thrones at the end of their podcasts and I miss that format and if you'd like us to keep this one let us know I'm more than willing to keep this
1: alright everybody this has been Original Podcast Do Not Steal I've been Amber Autumn She Her uh, this has been Prince Devin. Prince Devin. Catchphrase at the end, baby. Uh, join us next week when Devin will be attempting to get us to do an episode on professional wrestling, but instead we will be doing an episode about Kim Possible.
0: Oh, you did have one. I didn't think you had one.
1: I had one. I had one ready for you. It's going to be Kim Possible.
0: Alright, nice. Yeah, yeah. Bye!
1: Bye!